Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by A Kid's Book About, a collection of beautifully designed books that kickstart challenging and empowering conversations between kids and their grown-ups. It's no surprise at all that we like talking about the hard stuff with one another, with you all, and with our kids, which is why this new series has resonated so much with us. A Kid's Book About releases new books every month from experts and authors who bring their personal stories, practical wisdom, and childlike playfulness to the page. They explore topics like belonging, feminism, body image, racism, gratitude, and beyond. Life is complicated, and their mission is to help kids and their grown-ups have honest conversations about things that matter. We think that's pretty cool, so visit today's show notes to learn more. Now, on to our episode. Hey, everybody. If you're new to upbringing, (laughs) welcome. Uh, We're sisters and moms to three, four, five, and six-year-olds. We live together on a farm. We're camping out at the farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lockdown, baby. We want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in getting to talk about this is our job. And a quick disclaimer that though we have certifications, we aren't licensed therapists or MDs. No. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basing this season's podcast episodes on our freedoms model and our resist approach, which you can download on our website at upbringing.co. And this is the companion episode to our freedom to feel episode. Here we're going to do some Q&A. Um, do we want to unpack the freedoms really quick, Kel? Or yeah, yeah, okay. Our freedoms are basically the human rights that we've identified for our kids, areas of their lives that we can tend to over control a little bit. So these freedoms help us to nurture our kids' intimate connection to themselves, what we call their inner wisdom and inner authority, and kind of keep them looking within as much as they look outside for uh, what to do and who to be and how to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of outside pressure as the years go on and time goes on. And mm-hmm. so their early years are a wonderful opportunity to nurture that that inner experience, right. get them close to themselves. Exactly. But <clears throat> while respecting those freedoms, we need to get some shit done, right? Yeah. We got to get those shoes on. We got to get those, you know, them stay fed. sane. <laughs> stay sane, all those things. So that's what yeah. these episodes really are about is saying, but how? Mm-hmm. And diving in on that. So mm-hmm. this week is Free to Feel. Um, we are really excited about the episode that preceded this one, and we urge you guys to to listen to that as well. Yeah, it's super helpful um, to just get a, a, a bigger um, kind of picture of this situation and some details and research and a couple little want, things like Hand, that. Do you want to slide around the corner so that you don't have to turn to look at me? Sure, is that possible? Helpful. Save my neck the trouble. Yeah. Okay, so Kel, who wrote in yeah, uh, about the Freedom to Feel tell episode? Me, tell me the Q&A. 
I thought you were going to tell oh, me. Oh, you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're with it. We're with it. <clears throat> um, this Q&A uh, came in this last week, and it's about a three-year-old who is really pushing back and having total meltdowns during mostly transitions. Mm-hmm. Seems to have a, you know an agenda against their parents' agenda when they're, it's time to go to school, when it's time to get in the tub, when it's time to sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a, an explosion where she just throws herself on the floor, starts screaming, yelling, mm-hmm. um, hurts people who come near her, basically. <clears throat> um, I also remember reading that this younger girl has an older brother who has diabetes, mm-hmm. and, um, and that the mother often feels like she either has to be helping the son and supporting him in a certain way, um, or supporting the daughter and feels like um, she's kind of walking on eggshells to kind of mitigate and uh, prevent these like eruptions because her daughter is highly spirited also, she mentioned. Mm-hmm. So that must be really tough. Yeah. Woo-hoo, yeah. I see you. <laughs> that Kelty, one. <laughs> yeah. Kelty can connect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's run the resist approach through this, right? Yeah. What is the resist approach? The resist Tell approach open is these the, blinds. Okay, good call. Do you see some deer or something? You keep yes. looking over there. I want to for them to see all of them it's the copper family everyone what your family calls them the copper family my family calls them the hopper family oh that's <clears> funny <throat> oh i see him now mm-hmm. um okay so the resist approach is this sort of loose six-step process that we use um to engage in challenging situations with our kids so that we don't over control them when we're able to use the resist approach, it's because we have self-regulated to a point that we are not immediately diving in there to yelling or angry or frustrated or <clears throat> um, micromanaging. And we're able to have that big picture mentality of my child just needs some help. So the steps are respect, empathize, sync up, innovate, summarize, and trust. Are they going to scare the deer? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start with respect. Respect in this situation. I mean, respect is the lens that we view the entire kind of scenario or challenge in general, that these things are hard, um, that that's okay, that this is an opportunity to connect with our child. Um, so we're able to recognize through this respect that our kids are needing some help and we are that person to help them. Mm-hmm. I think the other part of respect that I tend to um, identify right away is that our, the way we express our emotions is very different from person to person. And that this mom, as hard as it is, um, is working to respect the fact that her daughter expresses her big feelings. And when she feels overwhelmed or stress, um, shows it in a way that's really difficult to manage. And that might always not be that fun or cute or um, easygoing. Mm-hmm. And you know. I think that that's a, the big ask in the respect step is getting that that big picture mentality and preparing yourself and stealing yourself with the belief that your kid has every right to disagree with you, has every right to push back and to express their needs, and that it's our job to get in there and try to figure out what those needs are and what they, how we can help them. Yeah, and we talk, we'll talk more about this in the episode, the other episode that accompanies this, but feelings are symptoms of underlying needs, right? Mm-hmm. Or lagging skills that can't... Um, meet the expectation of our demands, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, where was I going with that? (coughs) 
so she's her own person, this this lovely little lady, and um, they are in a partnership and a collaboration, and they're in it to win it. Yeah. In this in this respect step, I usually start gearing up my mantras, which mm-hmm. we talked about last episode too. All these things that recenter me on the fact that what is her, what is her job to be doing right now? What is my job to be doing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, because we have so many kind of subconscious impulses to think this is manipulative. She's trying to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. This sucks. How is this happening What's again? wrong with her? What is wrong with her? What's wrong yeah. with me? What did I do? Yeah. Slash, what did I do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we, the respect step is like getting on the right mantra train for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, what was the last thing I was going to say? I'm like totally brain dead right now. Well, I'm so sorry. Well, usually like in the respect step to talk mm. about agreements and making plans and stuff and like boundaries. that. And yeah. boundaries. No, but I think that you mentioned that we were going through this resist approach regulated ourselves. But I think within that respect step is saying I am self-regulated right now. I'm calm and I'm able to engage appropriately and collaboratively as the adult, as the person in charge and responsible for this child. And so we're going to, we talk in the episode about how to get that done. So we're just going to skip right over that. The first episode yeah the main episode is what i'm saying okay yeah um but that's definitely part of the respect step wouldn't you say yes okay let's move on to empathize so let's uh let's choose one of her examples which was transitions and getting out the door Mm -hmm. getting those socks on get moving towards the front door getting Mm -hmm. into the car yeah i mean empathize is basically the step where we say okay if we're gonna get shit done if we're gonna get out the door if we're gonna move forward together through this issue we have to she has to be calm but not just me, but my child also needs to be calm. It is not actually building skills and connection to have to drag our children out of the house into and put them into the car against their will. It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. We've all been oh, there, sure. but it's not ideal. So the idea behind the empathize step is saying, let's cool the situation down. Let's bring this little girl's brain back into alignment back into integration where the left and right hemispheres are working, the prefrontal cortex that's under construction can kind of get back online a little bit mm-hmm. and can kind of um, move from that limbic, stressed out part of her brain that is leading her to act like that into a more kind of calm, um, aware, receptive state, right? And that is through empathy, right? Yeah, it's through connection. Yeah. Yeah, so our empathize step, we get close we get down on their level we we get as close as possible safely mm-hmm. and we'll do all we do a lot of nodding right we do a lot of listening we do less talking and i feel often my impulse is to get in there and be like but we need to go <laughs> i basically go straight to the sync up step or i go straight to the innovate step where i'm saying how about you do this no do this try to do this mm-hmm. instead of just sitting there and holding space and knowing that this step is really fucking important it's gonna get it make progress it really is an investment that's yeah. how i think of it where sometimes especially when it were on a time contingent not just like when i want them to go to bed to go you know watch my netflix or whatever but when we need to be somewhere that's Mm -hmm. when i tend to get the most stressed out Mm -hmm. and this is when i have to say whoa han wait a second this is when i need to allow a little bit of extra time and just trust that it's gonna pay off yeah Mm -hmm. i love that and so yeah so you said what does it look like it's getting close it's being down at their level which can calm a child right away just not having you towering over them right Mm -hmm. eye contact so gaze tone of voice touch those are all ways that we connect through our interbrain um our like kind of emotional tether with our child that we built through early attachment when they were an infant that's how how we connect again in this way Mm -hmm. and this mother 
might uh, make those attempts and perhaps her daughter doesn't like that. Some of our kids on and off have been like, don't touch me. And it depends on, you know, the, the state of dysregulation her daughter is in. But just even being available to try that, even just being low and down, moving into the corner of the room if that's better, but basically saying, okay, this whole agenda I'm, is being I'm put on hold for a moment. Yeah. We're not allowing you to not go to school. This isn't per- this permissive step. This is the empathy step. Mm-hmm. But just being able to be like, okay, we're taking this down a few notches. We're going to calm everybody down right now. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to look, I'm going to listen. I'm going to maybe reflect back what she's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to go or mm-hmm. you're feeling like you really can't go to school today. And just re- reflecting what she's saying back to her. Showing her you're in it side by side. It's going to be okay. You're paying attention and actually mm-hmm. listening to her feelings. Right. This mm-hmm. is such a this is I think really the hardest step for parents to do mm-hmm. and for me to do. Mm-hmm. When, like you talked about the inner brain with babies, it's so easy when a baby's crying, we hold them, we shush them, we we give them squeezes mm-hmm. and kisses. And and by the time they're 3 years old, just regulating all over the floor in this angry mess, it feels so backward mm-hmm. to lean in and love on that to resolve it, to connect, to build skills. Mm-hmm. You, you want to do the opposite, right? We totally do in our mm-hmm. society, and we were all raised that way, absolutely. So it seems counterintuitive, but it it works, and it's the right thing to do to help um, nurture their regulation systems, their, their nervous systems, and also to build those skills, right? Those emotional intelligence skills that they need so much in this world these days, and also to maintain our connection and our bond. So I, I really think that's why we're spending so much time on this empathy mm-hmm. step. Like it is the most important. And, you know, sometimes I'll say, you know, can I give you a hug? Or I'm here or if you need I'm me. I'm here if you need me. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if our kids are that mad in the moment, words will not get through. The, the way their brain works right now, information processing is is on hold. So basically just being a very low threatening presence is what they need the most. A comforting type of like blob in mm-hmm. the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What else? Next, the sync up step. So assuming they've calmed a little to the point where they can hear you, to the point where they're able to maybe make eye contact to where you feel like, okay, they've maybe gone from reactive to a little more receptive. You're feeling a shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Then that's when we would sync up. And syncing up is when they've said their piece, they've expressed themselves, they've hopefully calmed down, especially in a highly emotional situation like this. And now this is when we you know, state the reality, say what's going on for us, say say what our concern is, and give them information, basically. Lovingly. Um, lovingly, mm-hmm. so lovingly. And this daughter, might she already knows what the reality is, so I don't know if the, the mom needs to say too much right now. It because become it inflammatory exactly. to say, you know, but we really, my concern <clears throat> is we're going to be late for school. It's just like, that's just driving the yeah, nail in, I right? I see that <laughs> happen sometimes at parks or different things, or like, even I'll hear myself and be like, why am I saying that? It's mm-hmm. just, obviously, so unhelpful. Know. That's why they're having the feelings in the first place. So yeah. maybe just skip over the sync up step, right? And sometimes I'll show the sync up step by still putting my purse on. Yeah. You know? And so I'm showing them this is still happening. This is the reality. Grabbing the right? keys. Right. Yeah, that type of thing. Um, and then we move on from sync up to innovate. Yeah. Which and is the fun step. <sighs> If Sometimes. We could, if we could look at it that way. And <laughs> like, yeah. The innovate step, I mean, all of these steps reflect so much my own personal state, my, my ability to mm-hmm. do them in the moment. When I'm when I'm regulated, when I'm seeing this little person for what they are, which is a kid struggling in front of me and just needing a little bit of support, when I can look at it that way, I'm so much more likely to innovate, to problem solve, and not in a like, well, 
do this or later mm. you'll get this or if you don't do this that that's my my instinct to innovate is to offer punishments incentives mm -hmm. um, all those methods uh, traditional methods of control that we're trying to avoid right mm -hmm. but when I'm feeling good about it when I see see it for what it is I'm able to come up with some ideas that basically will help my kid learn problem-solving strategies, mm -hmm. still feel that tether and believe that I'm there with them and that I'm there for them and that I want to make it better and not worse. Mm -hmm. And that you're rewriting a narrative. This is I have to see the Innovate Step as the opportunity to rewrite a narrative that has gone horribly wrong, which <laughs> is the narrative of getting out of the house together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can create these like, perseverating like dramas melodramas mm -hmm. and so innovate is a say an opportunity to say look we can rewrite this together i might be doing most of it mm -hmm. you might be helping a little bit but let's think of some ideas yeah. and this is assuming that the her daughter has calmed down enough mm -hmm. you know oftentimes um you know a child will calm down at that point but they'll still kind of be like no i still don't want to go you're still, still kind of sure yeah <clears throat> yeah um so that's where we think of ideas, you know, depending on the the kid and their um, their age and their development. But thinking of ideas, hopping out like bunnies, you know, um, we do so much of like my kids. We don't pick them up or do a lot of like stuff like that. But when they're needing a little bit of help, they're like, "Carry me front load, carry mm -hmm. me backpack, mm -hmm. um, crawl dentist bear," which I think that's how because we, we would go to toothbrushing that way. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking of some physical way that that they can be also moving their bodies. I think of the innovate yeah, feeling so much as as like a life preserver. Mm. So it's it, when we feel like there's an opening there, we yeah. throw the life preserver and see if they're ready to grab it. And yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. you got to try a few of them and before it's the right one. And and I'll be like three in. I'll be like, how about we run like bunnies to the door? How about hey, didn't you want to hear that song? I could play this song and when we get in the car and I'm like three or four in being like, this is fucking useless. Like this is never going to happen. And I say one more and I get this devilish grin, like through the tears. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, let's do that. I'm just, sometimes you can't even see it coming mm -hmm. when they're going to be like, yes, thank you. And just like dive onto mm -hmm. it. That's so true, Kel. And I, and it's not like you're going down a laundry list. Well, what about this? Well, why don't mm -hmm. we do this? You're, you're really, you're smooth top talking. We're trying to, to lovingly sell them on this idea that we can make it through this thing alive together. And maybe even smiling or hugging at the end it's like it's like you're you're presenting them with these opportunities mm -hmm. and taking a little space in between maybe they have some more feelings or maybe you're brushing your hair as you wait a little bit for mm -hmm. them to calm a little more you don't want to feel like you're pu you're pushing something on them too much like testing they'll, them they'll sense that agenda that you have to innovate and they'll that, you know, it can cause them to push back too. Yeah, my husband uh, is really good at innovating around getting out of the house with our three-year-old son who's been struggling with it too. And sometimes he'll say something like, do you think I could put your socks on with my eyes closed or with one hand? And little test things like that. Mm. My son is super into right now because it'll be like, yes. Like a mini challenge. A mini challenge, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's been really working well for him. Mm. Can you think of any my, other good ones? My son's just been looking forward to like what we're doing next. Mm -hmm. Like when we get to the car, so just having something next to predict. Um like when next get to the car, do you want to choose the first song or what song will you want to hear? And it helps it snap his brain out of this current moment and be like, okay, I'm projecting, I'm getting excited, I'm mm -hmm. feeling better. Um, or project even farther and say, mm -hmm. when we come home, because I have to go to work, but when we come home today, what should we do? Should we leave out the baking stuff on the counter and we'll mm -hmm. make something? Well, I love that too, that those are opportunities for connection because clearly this this little girl is probably just wanting more mama mm -hmm. and, and the idea like of leaving all of our for kids school, are. it's a huge separation. It's so hard. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have more ideas of innovate on our website on the resist approach that you can download. Um, and then what's after I summarize, <clears throat> summarize, which so, used to be set limits, but right. set limits are in there. Mm-hmm. And summarize is when we get real and we're like, okay, we, we've got, we're two minutes late already. Summarize for me <laughs> is the step where I feel like, okay, babe, I've done everything that I can in my power. This is like mm-hmm. the, like running through the, through the, um, like winning the race to mm-hmm. me is just getting to the summarized <laughs> step, whether they're whether they're complying or not. It's, yeah, I made it here in one piece. I tried everything I could. I respected them. I listened my heart out. I, I let them know what what was going on. I I worked my butt off to sell them on it and to mm-hmm. engage them and to get them to the other side. And now I'm going to have to to set the limit to lovingly follow through yeah. with I'm going to help your body up and I'm going to pick you up and move you out of here and. Or I'm going to, um, you know, it's time to go. And this is when I tend to want to issue a consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to um, motivate them, so to speak, to get out of the house. And instead of that, that just puts more distance. That creates a more a worse negative association around mm-hmm. this whole leaving the house thing. So that's why we use Summarize, because we just give the information and we follow through lovingly. Which that's is something like, needs to happen. it seems like you're still really struggling to to make this happen. And, mm-hmm. and we tried and we're just, we're both struggling here. Mm-hmm. We really need to get out the door. So I'm. So do you want to walk to the car or should I pick you up? Mm-hmm. And this is an easier one because it's the age of a kid that you actually can pick up and mm-hmm. wrestle into their car seat. Probably mm-hmm. it's a lot trickier with older kids. Mm-hmm. Who it really who, is. Well, yeah. and, that, and that's why it's so important for us to be starting these communication strategies and collaborative problem solving together. Mm-hmm. Because by the time they're older, you won't have this resistance necessarily. If you've been working through these things together, they will put you out of a job and innovate on their own, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that this particular parent doesn't have a younger child but I remember how hard it was to have a three-year-old who was doing that and a one-year-old that was like waiting in the car for half an hour sitting in a car seat waiting yeah yeah. like this is really tricky and so I I want to emphasize that the timing that you spend on using the resist approach for big feelings and for um, getting out the door is going to look different for a lot of people. Um, But generally speaking it's all about calming the nervous system. It's about um, connecting in that way, respecting them as their own person, innovating and thinking of these ideas that even if they don't use the ideas, they're going to have noticed them and learned about them and they can come up again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, well, they didn't like the bunny idea, so I'm never using that one again. And, <laughs> you and know? what the resist approach is so much is helping our kids understand that when there's a conflict or challenge, it's not they better ship, shape up or ship out, you know, or me against you, but it's, hey, we have this, we have two, um, uh, things that we needs. competing needs mm-hmm. that we have I need this and you're saying you need this how do we figure this out and that's like basic conflict resolution that we want our kids to be leaning into and practicing right now mm-hmm. right and we get such amazing opportunities so yeah, many and so sure. let's talk about the trust step a little bit it's T. yeah respect and and trust are kind of the bookend of the whole resist approach and there's so much about mindset mm-hmm. right trust is where we just try to lean into that perspective that we're playing the long game on these skills that these things take time, that right now we're in a kind of a rough patch with transitions and that's okay, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. And that maybe we didn't do the resist approach the way that we'd really ideally hoped we would and that's okay too. Maybe we made it halfway through and then screamed and dragged them into the car and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And um, so much of trust is giving ourselves grace and forgiveness, right? And and recognizing that 
this is the practice. Mm -hmm. Just practicing this over and over again is what's going to help us. I mean, we're needing to teach our children these things, these skills of respect, empathy, innovation, boundaries, trust. And we ourselves are needing to learn them at the same time. And that's why this is, as you said, Kelty, a process and a practice. So we got to give ourselves grace with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another part of the trust step that moves into the R step, the respect for step when again, it happens next time, <laughs> right, is preparing for when it happens next time. So, you know, having that little baggie of, um, you know, mandarin oranges uh, there right by where, you know, it's going to help her get into the car a little bit better or really filling her cup in the morning and giving her a little more huggy, a little more cuddly or play, whatever it is. Um, experimenting and innovating yourself with ways to support her in feeling better about leaving. Mm-hmm. Maybe considering the tone of our voice as we say, "We're head. It's time to go. We're heading out." You know, instead of like, I tend to be like, "It's time to go. We're heading mm-hmm. out." That can immediately set the, the scenario for um, a power to try struggle. Try not to sound impatient or rushed. Yeah. yeah. So all these types of things that she gets to practice over and over and over again, and that's okay. Well, and part of the um, you know trust into respect swing is also just putting our detective hats on and being like, what can I figure out um, that is maybe causing this stress? Or maybe I'll never figure out what's causing my daughter's stress, but I'm just going to think of ways that can help reduce it. Stress affects everybody in such different ways. It's caused by such different things. I mean, it could be bright lights for one kid. It could be the fact that the TV's on in the morning or the radio for another kid. It could be the fact that another one is like, maybe not eating soon enough and is eating a little too late. And then they just, they kind of bottom out before that happens. Um, you know, it's so much more than maybe just this separation going on or the fact that maybe her brother is getting a lot of attention because of his medical stuff. You know, there, there are a lot of things that could be happening and not to say like, we shouldn't be like, Oh my God, there are all these things. I'm never going to figure it out, but just taking into account and and experimenting a little bit with what maybe could help the morning move a little bit simpler, a little bit slower, um, yeah, just putting you know. putting a little time into wondering and talking about it with somebody if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talk about this this week on a video in Instagram, the power of circling back, which yeah. is this major opportunity that we have to talk about the situation, this repeating thing, these big feelings um, at another time when she is more regulated, when she's feeling better, when she's doing better, when you guys are super connected, and say mm-hmm. something like. I've noticed it's been a struggle getting outside the door. What's what's going on? Yeah, you and then, had some big feelings this morning. Right, and then just listen and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. Like really give space to listen to what she has to say. Maybe she is going to surprise you, you know? Mm-hmm. My kids do that all the time. Yeah, and thinking especially for, you know, this was a... a a big part of just getting out the door and um, transitions. But I think the main thing about this, this Q and a was the tantrum and the big, big feelings and the fact that like, yes, we want to be innovating and finding ways to get shit done, but there isn't really anything to get done during a tantrum. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things that freezes time. And it literally is like, all we have to think in our minds is their nervous system is overwhelmed. It needs my help. And I'm going to be there the best that I can to help shape this little person's nervous system so that they can calm themselves down someday much better. Yeah. Right. And this this person is going to need me to calm them down, to co-regulate with them as many times as necessary to learn that skill themselves. 
that's been the biggest thing for me to remind myself with. Um, but as you were saying, Kel, part of circling back is also thinking, what would help you in the moment next time? Which I think for big feelings is also a collaborative process. You know, I think it's not just we know what they need. They need to a hug. No, not all kids need hugs when they're upset. Some mm-hmm. kids need space. You know, Some kids and- need a punching bag. Right. Yeah. Other kids need a lovey to squeeze. Some kids need, you know, other grounding things like, um, uh, like what, like Te- one of those textured pillows or yeah. um, interesting toy or that they to can do pull and jumping push. jacks. Yeah. Like there are so many ways that help bring their their brain back online. They're coping strategies basically that can help them calm themselves down someday. So we we really have to remember with tantrums. The big takeaway for me is that we do not fix it and we do not stop it because that is cheating them of the opportunity to learn coping strategies and self-regulation. It's so hard. We've got to get dragged through <laughs> the whole it's thing. It's so hard to think of this as an opportunity. Like yeah. we say, the hard stuff's the good stuff. Each one of these these tantrums is an opportunity for, for our children to learn emotional intelligence, practice calming their bodies and their minds, um, connect with someone that they care about, mm-hmm. practice problem-solving skills. And we talk so much through the resist approach that that is what they're learning. And when we use the control approach, they learn um, consequences. You know, consequences yelling on my terms uh, manipulation Mm -hmm. that's what they actually learn and and it's so backward for all of us who grew up in in a society where that's the norm and it's still the norm Mm -hmm. yeah another counterintuitive but really helpful way for me to look at my kids big feelings and tantrums because they are happening so frequently Mm -hmm. is that it's incredibly important for their bodies and it's it's so weird to look at big feelings and all of this crap as being important to get that stress out, to process that, all of those feelings, all of those emotions, all of those stressors, right? But I mean, what stays in, you know, isn't expressed is repressed. And repressed emotions, repressed stuff, not only would our child not be able to be building the skills and and the nervous systems, but that stress stays in the body. We've all been there. We've all held it in. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always come out in the best of ways in other scenarios. So I'm sure this mom wants her little kid's big feelings to come out at home, maybe then at the grocery store or Mm -hmm. at another inopportune time. But it's also just... It's helping her. Just think of it as a clean, a cleanse. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an emotional cleanse. We've all cried our ass out before and been like, oh my god, I feel so much better after, and, right? And Hannah, I think we yeah. need to find times to have our own tantrums. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've had this like mounting anxiety in me in the mm-hmm. last few days. And you know when people talk about having a good cry, like I need a really good mm-hmm. like angry cry. Well, I, yeah, there are so many books that talk about this though. Uh, Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. The body keeps the score. And Emily and Amelia are so wonderful. Wonderful. They're also twins, which I love, but they talk about how, you know, we can't always get rid of the stressors, the things that give our lives stress, but we can express the stress and get it that out of our bodies and process it, you know, and and and, and cleanse in that way. And so mm-hmm. that's the idea. Tantrum as cleanse. I like it. Tantrum as cleanse. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I think that it, this is just such a big ask to think what if my child is highly spirited and they're having 10 of these a day? I really need to be doing this every single time. That that may not be realistic for us at all. It's not for me. And I do it 10 times a day at least. Yeah. Because both of my kids are sensitive and spirited. And some Mm -hmm. days it's like getting put through the fucking ringer over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But... But as, as often as we can be there, as often as we can regulate ourselves so that we can be of assistance to them, that's the best we can ask. That's being a really good parent is just doing our best in the moment. And that may be stepping out of the room for a second 
and saying, I'll be right back and going and taking a few deep breaths. And those are more self-regulation strategies that we talk about in the episode. But there are ways that we can go about making space for us to be available to our kids. Yeah, so check yeah. those out. And please let us know your thoughts too. What what has helped you um, in big feelings and tantrums with your own children and reach out. Yeah, um, definitely tune in also for more ways that we can support big feelings in upcoming Instagram videos um, and stories and different things like I'm that. I'm still that trying we're to doing. get them on YouTube. I'm really trying. Keep working on that, Cal. I know. <laughs> I'm going to have so much time um, now. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about five ways we can lean into a tantrum. So kind of very step-by-step step that you could send somebody. Very simple. It's not like this mm -hmm. half an hour spiel. Um, how to circle back when we've handled big feelings less than ideally. And ways we can practice self-reg to co-reg. So those are the videos that will be on Instagram this week. Um, download the Freedoms and Resist approach on our website to get those kind of expanded. Um, and next week is free to contribute. So please mm -hmm. do share any struggles you're facing with chores, housework, homework, skill building, anything around routines in the home, which I'm sure you are all dealing with quite a bit extra right now, we're imagining. Yeah, check out this week's show notes on our website at upbringing.co forward slash feel and feel too mm -hmm. um, for all of the, the resources that basically informed everything we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What else? That's pretty much it. We'll keep yeah. it simple. Let's, but... uh, let's thank Al, who who makes this podcast oh, happen. Al. Al. Um, Amber Okamura, who does our art, and Mary Schroeder, who does all of our lettering. Yeah. They're babes. And lastly, thank you for being here. This is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent. And these are crazy times. So we're going to make a lot of mistakes as we move through mm -hmm. this. And that's okay because our growth depends on it. And if you're here, you are doing the work. And in fact, you're doing an amazing job. And we're so proud of you. We're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. One conversation at a time. So thank you for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time.